At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 621st episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today is Farmer Friday, a quick tidbit for growing your garden. Each episode will feature less than 10 minutes of essential content for growing and watering your garden. Today, we're talking with Laura Allen, co-founder of Greywater Action, about how to grow healthy plants with gray water. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for having me. Oh, you bet. Always love chatting, especially with you about gray water. So let's just define real quickly, what is gray water? Gray water is gently used water that comes from showers, sinks, washing machines, and baths. So it's been used in the home but it's still clean enough to use for irrigation. So this is a second use of the water. Exactly. Excellent. So in in a previous episode, we talked about how to get that water out into your landscape. Now let's talk about the water itself and the the uses of it. So where do you want to start? Um, Let's talk about the water quality. Okay, go. So there's a lot of misconceptions around gray water. People say it's salty, it's too basic for certain plants. And the great thing about gray water is you have complete control over what goes down the drain in your own home. And so you can control the quality of water. So with just a little bit of information and possibly some product changes, you can have an excellent quality irrigation water available for free from your home, water that you already used. Nice. And and a lot of that happens to really is impacted, that's what I want to say, by what you're putting down the drain. Because as our buddy Brad Lancaster says, there is no away. So the, the what's going down your drain in a gray water system doesn't go away anywhere except into your landscape. So how do we manage the what we put down the drain? Yeah, so there's really, there's only a couple of things that aren't good for your plants. The first one is salt. You know, you might hear, oh, gray water is really salty. And it definitely can be, but it doesn't have to be. So if you think about your washing machine, you could buy a box of powdered laundry detergent, which is incredibly salty, and the quality of the gray water will not be good at all if you use that. Or you could get a liquid laundry detergent or some kind of detergent alternatives. There's, I can talk more in a minute about alternatives. But let's say you switch over to the liquid that doesn't have very much salt. Now your gray water can be an excellent source of irrigation. So salt is the first thing you want to manage. You don't want to put a lot of salt in the water. Boron is something else. Boron is non-toxic to people. So it can be used in products that are biodegradable, eco-friendly, but it's not going to be good for your plants. It's called a microtoxin to plants. So you don't want to use borax, anything with boron in it. And there are laundry detergents and some soaps that do contain that ingredient. So you'll just want to make sure you avoid those products. The last thing is chlorine bleach. So bleach kills microorganisms and we don't want to be killing the microorganisms in the soil. So you can always just shut off your gray water if you want to use chlorine bleach, or you can use a bleach alternative. There's hydrogen peroxide alternatives that are totally suitable for plants. 
And just one thing I want to mention is if you use the wrong product once or twice, maybe even 10 times, it's really not going to be. The problem is over time. So build up in your soil over time of these potentially harmful ingredients like the salts or the boron um, or the bleach. Yeah. So really what there is for us to do is read the labels. Exactly. And or look at a, like my organization has lists of products that we've kind of vetted and we've tested a lot of testing of water quality with gray water. So you could read the label, you could look at a website and uh, get some resources to help you find the right products. Got it. And what's the website for that if somebody wants to find out what are the best things to use? graywateraction.org is our website and we have a list of products that are suitable and there's always more, you know, new products come on the market. So you can, you can read the ingredients or you could, people often send me a message. We have a, a forum for technical questions. People post a new product that they found and I can look at it and give my opinion about the quality of the gray water. Nice. And when you, the first thing on your list was salts. If I'm looking at a label, it doesn't say salt, I don't think, does it? It usually says sodium, ah. but a really easy a really easy clue is if it's a white powder, it's going to be full of salts. So don't <laughs> use white powders <laughs> in your gray water system. Got it. Cool. All right. And then what about what plants we're putting this water on? Yeah. So people often wonder, well, what are good plants to water with gray water? Like what plants are suitable? And the really easy answer is if the plant wants irrigation, it's going to be suitable for gray water. <laughs> There are some plants that don't want frequent irrigation, and those would not be good because with gray water, you're producing it every day or at least on a weekly basis. So you want to target your plants that like regular irrigation. And usually people are targeting plants that like need a lot of water because they're trying to save water, grow a nice landscape like fruit trees, for example. And so you're going to the plants that want to be irrigated. You're making sure you use the right product so your quality of water is good. And after that, it's really kind of standard gardening practices. You want to pick the right plant that does well in your climate, put it in the right location. So if it wants sun, it's in a sunny spot, you know, really basic stuff like that, mm -hmm. that sometimes people, you know, forget. You want to really make sure you're covering your, your kind of gardening 101 before you start adding gray water into it. Make sure you have mended your soil if you need to. With the simple gray water, we're creating what we call a mulch basin, so near the plant, Imagine a tree. We're creating a shallow trench, filling it with wood chips. That's going to filter the gray water and let it soak into the ground. And so we're going to be really soaking an area of the landscape for, for the plants. And that's going to be over time building soil as those wood chips break down. So we're actually going to be improving the soil for our plants over time with this gray water system. Nice. You just outlined kind of the whole process from putting the water down to the drain, down the drain, to putting the water in the right place in your yard and then adding the mulch basins around it. What about too much irrigation, adequate irrigation? Yeah, and so that's another part is the right amount of irrigation. If we overwatering, if the soil drains quickly enough, overwatering is not a problem per se, but it's it can be wasteful. So we want to be adequately irrigating our plants so we can maximize our water savings. We don't want to under-irrigate because we know that can definitely cause health problems for our plants and we want to avoid over-irrigating and kind of get that the sweet spot, the just right amount of irrigation. There's lots of tools to use. I teach people about a website that I really like. It's called waterwonk.us, I believe. And there's a how much water app. It's mostly targeted for California, though you can adapt it and maybe you know a resource for other states but it will help you guide, figure out how much water. So you just put in your location, 
you put in the type of plant, is it in full sun, is it in shade, and how big is it, and then it'll give you a how much to water on a weekly basis. So those kind of tools are really nice. There's also really simple calculations, and I have resources more, it's a little bit more in depth than we can do in a short podcast, but there's great resources to help you really simply figure out how much to water your plants. Perfect. And what was that website again? It's called Water Wonk. Water Wonk. Yeah. All right. Awesome. And you have a couple of books. I want to touch a little bit on them. Can you tell us the name of them and what they're about? Yeah, I have two books. One is called The Waterwise Home, and that is about all of the kind of sustainable home water systems. So gray water, rainwater, and then waterless toilets. And then my second book, Gray Water, Green Landscape, that one just really focuses in on gray water. And it takes you through step-by-step how to assess your options, what kind of gray water systems are out there, what's going to work for your situation, how to analyze your home, find out what fixtures you can tap into, how to do all these. They're pretty basic calculations, but there is a little, you know, there are some details to know so you can design a really well-functioning system. And it also takes you through the how much water question that's really important. So you're properly irrigating your landscape. And then it will it'll walk you through the construction to like how to actually build it and where to go for more resources. If, if you're looking to hire somebody or wow. get a little help. Cool. Good job. And where do we find these books at? They are on, well, they're available many places, but if you go to graywateraction.org, you can find the books and info about them. And you can also find online classes. We do online education. So people, if you want to get you know, more in-depth information that's similar, you know, to in the book, but if you just want somebody to kind of help you through the process and join a community of learners, you can do that too. Awesome. And that's graywateraction.org. Yes. Awesome. And and if somebody wants to find you, they can find you there? They can. Yeah. And we have a technical forum. You can contact us through the website and you can also get more resources there. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us once again on the show today, Laura. Thanks for having me. You bet. Keep up the good work. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth, yields, and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.